Welcome to Times Heroes Podcast. I am Spike Eskin. Lee Russikoff. Lee, I begin the podcast with the question everyone wants to know. How is your car doing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's okay. I, 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 we'll see. O- only God knows at this point. I take it one day at a time with my car now. You know, one week at a time. There you go. Yeah. I'll tell you, before we get to football, the, the worst thing about having to take your car, I've decided, I try to fight it in my early age, like when you take the car in, but there are certain, when something goes wrong with the car, you know you're at a minimum of 500, and when you're just taking the car in for like routine maintenance, you know even though it's a $39.99 oil change, it's going to be at least $149. Like yeah. These are things that you just accept when you get older. One of the funniest things when I used to work at a garage was come. This is my my favorite thing ever. Is you people would bring it in for an inspection, and I'd be the one that had to call them and tell them, "Hey, you need brakes and blah blah blah." <laughs> so I call them and say, "Hey, Mister or Mrs. So and So. So here's what we have. You're going to need front brakes, and you're going to need this, and the total is going to come to about two thirty nine with everything if we do everything." And they go, hmm, "Well." Like they had any other choice. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> what was, what's your choice? You need brakes. What are you going to do, not stop? <laughs> All right. So the question, the real question I have to ask you, Lee Russikoff, even though I did, I received a rare Lee Russikoff text message during the game yesterday, which I thought was interesting. You were thinking about me. I was. Lee Russikoff, are the Eagles good? No. I mean, they're not. They're not they are what, what I've been saying they are, and that's okay. And that's, that's. It, they're they're not good. They're 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 they have big big holes in this team, and that we knew this going in. And everyone who got all on the bandwagon, I guess that's part of being a fan. But it, it, you know, this should be a reality check for everyone that they can lose to anyone at any time, and can Matt Castle can make that defense look ridiculous. All right, can I present an argument to the contrary? Sure, because I believe that the Eagles are still good. Or I believe at least that it's. it's right, and I have a, I have an argument after you're done. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I think to me, I think you've gone overboard with this. Eagles is good thing. I think it's your counterweight to your Nick Foles stink. I don't even. I know. feel like you've gone the other way to try to win back Eagles fans because of your Nick Foles diatribe of earlier this year. Or or it is a strategic move to end up blaming Nick Foles in the end. Like <laughs> there, are, there are all sorts of things that go through my mind when I decide this. Though, though I will say at its base, at its very base, without any hype, I actually do believe that they're good. I, but I do believe that there are more levels to good that I'm giving it credit for. But Okay, so argument to the contrary. A, there's no way they're as bad as they looked yesterday. There's no, no possible way. Just like there is no way the defense... One, one of the things that people like to say about bend but don't break defense is like, that is nonsense. There is no such thing. If, if you can stop a team from moving the ball between the 20s, I, I mean inside the 20, then just do that same thing in between <laughs> the 20s, and all, then all of a sudden you have a good defense. When you talk about an honest bend but don't break defense, that defense does not give up a ton of yards. They are just especially tough within the red zone. So the Eagles do not have a scheme in which they allow the other team to drive down the field and then they scheme to stop them from scoring touchdowns. So there's that. So I don't think we learned anything new about the Eagles yesterday. I just think that everything that they do that that is a whole was exposed. And I do think... That the what we learned yesterday, the most important thing we learned yesterday was that the 
the clunker look-ahead game was not something that is Andy Reid-esque. That is something that is NFL-wide. That happens all the time. And the Saints, who I would argue, the Saints and the Panthers, who are the teams that, when I say that the Eagles are good, are the teams that I would like to put them in the class with, the Saints go and get run out of town by the Rams. The Saints can't even win on the road. Right. So I, if, I, I, don't, I guess I just don't think that... that like I, I don't think that losing. Oddly enough, I think that losing this game is less of a problem to me in my Eagles are good scenario than if they had lost the Lions or the Cardinals games because those are games that are are more statement games and are more more what's the word more measures of how good they are. Whereas this is like on some level when we watch this the 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 Lions game and there was all that snow and there was like, well, it's sort of hard to analyze that game. I don't know what to analyze that game about yesterday. I don't like, what am I supposed to look at and say that they are, they're worse at than I thought they were. Well, um, getting to the quarterback maybe. Um, okay. Uh, and, and, and their secondary, that's what's, what's confusing to me is, you know, where, where, you know, and I guess the the Vikings do have good receivers, but I don't know where these good receivers were the rest of the year. You know, I, to me, the the fact that they just got torn apart, yeah, I, I guess you can just I, you could say they they played flat, but to me, there, there was a lot more there in talent. And just seeing you know, Kerry Williams and Fletcher just get run around, look and just made look silly by Matt Castle. And I like look Patterson and Jennings. They are they are good receivers. Jerome Simpson's a pretty good receiver. But you know, this isn't Matt Castle. Still Matt Castle, right? But but okay. So let me present this ulterior or this other this other uh, theory that I mm-hmm. have. Is it possible that it is nearly that it is especially difficult to prepare for it? As crazy this as this may sound, without Peterson there and without Gerhardt there, maybe the Vikings did something different that the Eagles were unable to prepare for and surprised by. And I will say this about Matt Castle, and I'm not comparing Nick Foles to Matt Castle. That's not what I'm doing, even though I got I got accused of doing that yesterday. But Matt Castle was in the Pro Bowl in 2010, threw 27 touchdowns against seven interceptions, and had a really great season with the Patriots, two seasons in which he threw for more than 3,000 yards, completed more than 60% of his passes, and had QB ratings of 90 and above. There are bad quarterbacks in the NFL, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is a bad quarterback. There are bad quarterbacks that start games. But I think I could argue successfully that if you have two successful quarterbacks, two successful seasons as an NFL quarterback that Matt Castle has had, that maybe some of the problem that Matt Castle has had in the last three years, two of them with the Chiefs and then this year with the Vikings, has to do more with coaching and position and all those things. Like, I think Matt Castle is, is capable. I, I don't think he's that bad. I don't. And that's what you're saying Nick Foles is? No. <laughs> I am saying that, that a capable quarterback presented with an opportunity, presented with opportunity means means success sometimes. And I just... I think there was there was maybe some opportunity there for Matt Castle that he didn't see coming, or maybe that the Eagles didn't see coming, or may, I I just don't know how you prepare for the Vikings without Peterson or Gerhardt. What do you do? What do you who do you prepare to stop? 
When when do we get into? Um, <laughs> the, I, I just want to get into the new To McNabb fight that's going on right now. I didn't know about this. You, what really? Yes. Should I, I Google it or do you want to? I feel like I was open. To Deshaun Jackson said. I guess Nick wasn't able to see me right away. Oh, I didn't. It took a little bit for the ball to get there. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hear this. Yeah, I didn't hear this. Hold on, I'm going to try to find it from. It's wait, on, there's the one on the. It's on ESPN right now. It's about the. The Deshaun frustration, his tirade after that interception, that you know, the one where Deshaun's running down the sideline, right, 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 the ball right. just hangs up and, and the interception. Off. Yeah. Wow. I don't. I. You know, yeah. You know what? I don't have that. I'm looking for it here. I don't have it here. Oh. Whoa. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> let's get into that. Well. Okay. Let me just set up the rest of the the other things I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Like we'll get into because I don't want to. Like obviously you think what you think and I think what I think. Right. And I will say I'm going to be I'm being honest with you here that. Part of, I, I do think it is hilarious, my position being anti-Foles on some level, but pro-Eagles on the other level. I do think it's funny, and I have noticed that the rea- the confusion of the reaction from people. But if that was my, I'll, I will say, if that was what I was trying to do, it didn't work. Because right. people are still mad at me over the Foles thing, because I still won't, I won't crack on it. So so anyway, right, and so and the rest of the, the other things I wanted to ask you about that we will get to. Are the, there are numerous? I I remarked toward the end of the game that this was the perfect sports radio game as far as Chip goes because there were numerous Chip Kelly decisions yeah. that you could question. And if we were waiting for one of those fourth down things to happen at some point this year, we finally got one. Right. I did want to talk about Nick Foles and his performance, and I did want to talk about the potential of maybe resting players versus the Bears and whether you think that's reality based on what the Cowboys do. But the Deshaun and Nikki Foles thing. So I did not see what Jackson said. I will say, though, that of all of the players that are pro-Vic and and maybe not as pro-Foles, that the one player that I honestly believe still thinks that way to some level is Deshaun Jackson. And I think there's a little bit of it to Shady McCoy, actually. I think yeah. Shady, when Shady doesn't get his rushes, I think the person that he'll blame is is Foles. Is, is, I think he blames the Foles thing less than he blames Chip, and that's that's based on no real information at all, but that's sort of the, <laughs> the let's say, that's sort of the vibe that I get, that, that he thinks that. I did not see that Deshaun Jackson said that. So yeah. he, he, okay, so obviously the fight on the sideline was... Somebody said, Deshaun, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go, go back get and get the ball. Yeah. yeah. And he is basically saying, well, one of the funniest parts about that video, if you can watch that video, is one guy on the sidelines, I don't know who it was, that was dressed in Eagle stuff, not in a, not in uniform, is like, is like basically like laughing and he's like, what is he mad about? Like, <laughs> like it's one of those things. So, so he gets mad and he basically says that Foles hung it up. That's, that's he hung right. it up. It took, he didn't see him right away. It took, a, it took a long time for the ball to get there. He was open the whole way down the sideline. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was. I mean, it's funny. When, when you watch that play, the time when he was most open was about 15 yards before the ball ended up throwing it to him. Right. There was a pocket there in between the defenders, and where Foles ended up throwing, it was a terrible throw by Foles, or a terrible decision to throw it there by Foles, was basically he waited until Jackson wasn't open anymore and threw it 
and threw yeah, it there. Yeah, he threw he threw his Cooper ball. He just got confused yes. about who he was throwing it to. He purposely right. threw it up short and high so that Riley could come get it, but he thought he just got confused. Now, are you suggesting <laughs> that Nick the franchise did not see when Jackson was open? And and maybe is not quite as precise and see the field as maybe. I didn't maybe. think you looked precise at all yesterday. No. Like I know his numbers were there. I didn't think he was very no. accurate at all yesterday. Yeah, I he thought was. he missed a, a bunch. Well, do you think the Jackson thing has legs or no? Do you? Well, okay. Can I ask you a bigger question and then back to the Jackson thing? Have well, okay. No, you answer that. It, do I it, think it has? I don't. I think it, it, it. I think in the locker room it has legs. I think it won't get legs they won't allow it to get legs outside the media unless they lose another game Foles has another bad game and then I think you're not gonna even Chip's not gonna be able to keep Deshaun completely quiet I guess get a little bit more passive aggressiveness out of him so I guess the 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 bigger question as far as all of this is that is it like I gave I gave Kelly credit for sort of during the, that losing streak there, keeping the team sort of together, and even through the, the Cooper thing, like there have been opportunities for things to explode this year that haven't, you know, for, team, for things to derail the season completely that seems like they haven't derailed the season completely. But is it, I, I guess it's a chicken or the egg thing. Is, is he doing that, or is the fact that they, they won games, does it make those things go away? And I think the question with the Deshaun thing is, and it's funny, Deshaun is complaining after he had 195 yards yesterday. Yeah. It, I, I guess is it is it Chip that has prevented that from happening, or is it the wins that have prevented it from happening, or are they the same thing, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's a little the same thing. I mean, frustration is going to – if you're losing, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to say to yourself, and especially when you have a quarterback controversy or a quarterback question like the Eagles have had. You know, it, right. obviously it's been the most healthy, but there are going to be people who – everyone's going to have an opinion, particularly the receivers, on who's the best quarterback on that team. And Deshaun certainly – you know, I don't think it's a secret that Deshaun thinks it's still Vic. Yeah. And, you know, it, he sees Riley Cooper getting all these catches. I'm sure he's not happy about it. That's not his personality. Yeah. He wants to be the guy. And, I, again, I'm, I'm at the spot with him where I've questioned him enough. Uh, the things that I'm not going to get mad over are these things. Like, the things I will get mad over is him, like, doing something lazy during the game. But complaining about the quarterback, that's what these guys do. They all do it. It's, right. you know, as long as he's producing, I'm fine with it. So it, it's a seamless transition, I guess, to the, the quarterback thing. Here's an interesting little stat to throw out here. One of our, our things that we all talk about with Foles is sort of how precise and accurate he is. And if I were to say to you, who has a higher completion percentage, Cam Newton or Nick Foles, the, it would be natural to think Foles, right? Because right. we don't think of Newton as particularly accurate. Well, that wouldn't be true because Cam Newton has a higher completion percentage than Nick Foles. Actually, there are 16 quarterbacks in the NFL that have a higher completion percentage than Nick Foles, included in which are Christian Ponder, Ryan Tannehill, and Matt Schaub. And and right behind him is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I guess what I saw yesterday, I, I guess the thing that makes me worried about Foles in general is that if he isn't going to have a gun and he's not going to be particularly mobile. By the way, I would like to say early in the game when he was choosing to run the ball, he was like, it's there, I'm going to take it. I yeah. thought that was great. Um, now, I of course, through my head, it does go through, wow, imagine if this guy could run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Imagine how many yards he would have if he could run. But I thought he was making good decisions. It was there, just run and take it, and you're making 
you'll make the defense adjust to that. And I, I did an interview with Mark Saltvite, who wrote that Chip Kelly book, The Tao of Chip Kelly. Yeah. And he was saying that late in the Lions game, there were a couple of times when, toward the end of the game, after Foles had run a couple of times, the Lion, he froze a couple of linebackers because they thought he might run. And that was really interesting to see that Foles could do that just because the threat was there. Now, I do think that is more about, uh, you know, about Kelly allowing the quarterback to make that decision, but it just shows how important that decision can be. But my fear, and I know Foles had a bunch of numbers yesterday, but they were, they were sort of empty because he missed a lot of plays. I felt like what happened, and we can, this, will, this will seem into the Chip Kelly run-pass ratio thing, is that the Vikings were, were essentially set up to not allow LaShawn McCoy to beat them. They put eight guys in the box, and they were like, let's make Nick Foles beat, beat us. And yeah. though Nick Foles wound up with a bunch of yards and a few touchdowns, he missed. If 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 he's going to be Mister Accuracy, and when take what the defense is giving you, he can't miss as many throws as he missed yesterday. And I know that that the defense was terrible, but we have to put that aside for a second and understand that like that maybe if he throws for a couple more touchdown passes, maybe the Vikings don't score forty eight points. I'm not putting this loss on him, but it's not. This is not like an A or B scenario. Like the defense can play poorly, and Foles can also miss guys. So that yesterday. What what I what I worry about with Foles is that he's not quite as accurate as we think he is. No, I I don't think he is. I never really thought he was. That's that's what's always concerned me. I don't. I, to me, there's nothing. Uh, you know, even accuracy, you should be wowed by it. It, shouldn't, it can't be just a game or two. Because look, Matt Castle wowed me yesterday too. But Matt Castle isn't going to do that consistently. I think that's what we learned about him. And I I just. You know, look, it's one game, and you can't put too much on one game on the defense, on Nick Foles, on anyone. But if you're going to be Nick Foles and not have a cannon, not have mobility, you have to be able to, you know, 12 out of 16 games be insanely, insanely accurate. And I just, I don't know that I think he's that. And especially when you look at, you know, a couple of, now that things have started to even out a little bit, and I think back to those passes that he threw that that maybe and maybe it, you know maybe they just even out you know maybe half of those passes that he threw deep ended up, end up in touchdowns and the other half end up in interceptions and you know at the end of the year that evens out and the numbers are still good so you still do it but I start to think back to those and think about you know what maybe was really happening and you just think about accuracy in the NFL now he has I would argue one of the best offensive coaches in football at least one of the best. And you have got you know Philip Rivers is completing seventy percent of his passes. Breeze is at sixty eight. Man, there are got a lot of guys completing sixty percent of their passes right now. You know, even guys that are having Chad Henney is completing sixty percent of his passes. So I feel like he's got to be. And now, in fairness to him, he does have the highest yards per attempt in football at nine nine yards per attempt. So you know, right. some of that goes down. But but some of that is also those bombs that maybe he was a, a little lucky on. So I think he's got to be closer to. 64, 65%. Carson Palmer's completing 64% of his passes. Now he's thrown 17 interceptions, but I, I just think Foles has got to be has got to be higher than where he is. Has got to be higher than, than 62%. So I, You know, it's all about balance, right? It's, it depends on the offense. I don't know. The Chip, Chip Kelly's offense is a little different. It's not Andy Reid's offense, right? Where, you know, we always wanted Donovan to high, have a higher completion percentage because he wasn't accurate on those short passes. But there are a lot less short passes in this offense than there were in Andy's. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Nick Foles throws a lot of short passes. I think that a lot of them end up in fifty-yard gains because everybody has 
10 yards of space around it. He throws a lot of long passes, but I feel like he throws a lot of short passes too. I don't I, I, I don't know the I, and the the last false thing I'll say is like I know his quarterback rating is 117, but his pro football focus rating he's like 15th or 16th in the NFL. So yeah. that's all I'll say. So, let's get on to Chip. Is that and final thing on false I, I feel like I keep saying this. If he's the quarterback next year, then he's the quarterback next year. But I still, final, he has done much better than I thought. He is much better than I thought he would be. But I think he's, mo- it, this is not to his detriment, but I think he is a, a product of a, a fantastic system. I think there are a bunch of guys that could do it. And I think if there's a possibility for them to upgrade, they will upgrade. I, I just, I, I don't think that he is the be-all, end-all, and I don't think Kelly is sold on him. I just don't, so... There we go. So, Chip. 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 Cheetah McCoy runs eight times yesterday. Is your opinion that this was a mistake, or is your your opinion that this is what Chip was seeing and this is what he's got to do? Yeah, so did you hear him just about, as I was driving in because I had car trouble, did you hear what Chip said to Angelo? Yes. He he essentially said, for anyone who didn't hear it, he said... um, you know, Angela's like, why didn't you run the ball? And he's like, we had fourth and half a yard, and Shady McCoy couldn't get it. He was like, right. you know, what, what am I supposed to do? We, we, there was nowhere to run. So that was his, his basic excuse for this. Yeah, and I, I am I okay? With, I, 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 I think on the basis, yeah, I am. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't see lack of running as a problem. I don't see that as why they lost this game. I don't, I don't put a big focus on it. I never really have the run-pass ratio, even with Andy, so... Whatever I, you know, I, do I, it's, it, it's about Shady's touches, and and I don't think they were enough either. But uh, there were there were other other bones to pick with this game. I don't I don't think it was run pass ratio. For what it's worth, here here I think is what Chip said. I thought we threw the ball really well. You're going against two young corners. Both their starting corners were out. Um, we had some real favorable matchups. You know, threw the ball really well against it. I thought getting Lashawn in space against. Uh, their linebackers was something that helped us, and he did a good job there. But when people are putting extra guys down in the box because they're playing man coverage, and you know you're going to have an unblocked guy whenever the tight end blocks, you're going to have an unblocked guy because that guy um, is now free to get into the backfield and make tackles. There you go. And then wait, hold on. Uh, let's see if this is the one. Was that the one? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe it's this. My thought was if we can't gain a half a yard in that situation, then it's going to be a long day anyway. So we got to do something to jumpstart us, and you, you would hope we could get a half a yard, and we didn't get it. Oh, okay. That was the why we went for it on fourth. And yeah, one. yeah, which yeah. we'll get. And I'm, I'm with you. Look, the, the thing that we like about Chip Kelly, his thing is that he, he doesn't care. He, whatever, wherever the opportunity is, that's where he's going, and he believes in that, that process. So the minute. That he says, well, I got to get shady things, so our run pass ratio stays fifty five forty five. You know, he has to he has to believe that Foles is going to hit open guys. You know, when when they're when they're allowing that, and when there's a run game to be had, that's what he's going to do. So I don't think this is like he got short sighted or he got. I don't think it's any of that. I, I think he believes that he can get big chunks of yards running the ball too. I just don't think he believed he could do that yesterday. Yeah, there's got to be. You know, like we keep going back to this. There's got to be a better challenge system in the NFL. Someone's got to come up with it because he. They, if there was a play to challenge on it, it was a third and one rather than the fourth and one. And it was. It, I don't know that it was a knockdown. You win it. 
but it you probably you had a much better chance of winning the, a challenge on the shady run than on the Nick on the on the first shady run than right. the second. Yeah, and I it just and I and they asked him, and I think Angela asked him about that again too, and he was like, "No, we didn't see it in our time." But there's got to be a way to see. You know what I mean? Like if we can see it at, at home, there's got to be. They should have as, at least as good a vision of of what we see in on the on the field as as what we see at home. Well, and, isn't isn't part of that? Wait, hold, here's what he said. Now, nah, from the I couldn't tell from you know from our copy and and. Uh, I just challenged it on fourth down because I figured we got to take a shot at it and see if we can get it. Yeah, I don't mind him challenging it on fourth down. No, yeah, I, he just, well, I wish he would have challenged on third. Third down was the one to challenge it on because if you look, Shady's knee was never down until he's probably passed it. It's about where his elbow hits. Well, is, isn't some of it a product of them trying to move fast, too, that the offense, that, that the challenge at that point be, would slow uh, but, down? But you, it, it's not like other teams do it well either. You know, it, no one does it as well as you actually as you actually see it from your couch. And I just think that's weird. I think that... NFL teams have just been slow to adapt to that techno- to the technology and to replay in general. Well, and I, I just find that odd. I think my, my position on officials is, is this, is that if we're going to have this much replay, what has to be happening is that the officials on the field should only be the messengers. That yeah. is all they should be. And, and what it should be is just add a couple of more cameras, have, have, the, have other officials watching the game, have one guy on a line camera, one guy on this camera, one guy on that camera, and those guys should be calling the game, and all the guys on the field should be doing is delivering the message. But, like, you can't you can't make some of it, it, it like, the half-ass thing I don't, I just don't think works. And I think they're, they're coming up with that problem in baseball. Look, if you're going to add instant replay on everything, like, baseball moves at, at the slowest speed in the history of sports. Just... Can we just make everything computer? Like, right. we, we know where balls and strikes are. We, we have a computer for that. A, a computer for, for safe out calls at first base should be the easiest thing in the world, right? Yeah. I mean, like all these calls should be simple. So if we're, if, if, if our, I just think if the idea is to get it right, then, then, what, then let's just get, go and get it right and stop yeah, how, having how to prove not like someone a chip, wrong. A chip in the ball that, that literally tells you where, you know, where the ball is at all times. Yeah, you know, time it up with when the knee hits. I mean, that seems so simple to me. But what? Yeah, and and why the current refs have to run off, and the umps in baseball do the same thing. They have to run off the field and look at the, a camera on field. Like, why in the world would that be the system? Yeah, it's insane. Whose idea was that? Yeah. yeah. Why isn't somebody just telling them what happened? Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't I don't understand. That's the funny. The funniest part is in basketball, they have to, like, move the monitor that's on the table, the, the courtside table. And right. the guys they just... look at this little TV, and <laughs> it's like, like from 1985. They're looking at it for a replay. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So the fourth down thing. So we got that so now the 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 squib kickoff decision yeah what do you uh, think i mean i don't it's again it's more of this like and again i heard i did it happen here and chip was like oh well henry couldn't kick it out of the end zone we were testing him, he really couldn't and it's this is the same thing with him kicking field goals is i just don't understand what's going on between henry henry chip and whoever their special team Fip. coaches Dave yeah Fip. Fip, yeah they just seem to like either they think Henry like is like a high school kicker who can only <laughs> kick from thirty yards out, or but then they let him kick a fifty-one yarder. It just never seems to be consistent. Here is Chip on the kickoff strategy from Angelo Cataldi on on Monday. You got the most dynamic returner in the league that's averaged over thirty-four yards of return. He's returned uh, two for touchdowns. One of them 
he took out from 109 yards deep. You know, we, we could not, you know, watching Alex kick pregame and at halftime, he was not putting the ball out of the end zone, so they were going to be returned. And then they asked um, if the short kicks were, well, here. No, I don't think it's playing scared. Is doubling a receiver playing scared? I think it's it's doing what you're supposed to do. You know, you look at how explosive Patterson is. They they tried to throw a halfback pass against us when they put him in motion. He didn't have it. He stuck his foot in the ground and went 20 yards the other way. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't. I mean, I just think playing scared—that's a silly point. But the, what I would say is this, and I, and I, and this is where I would put a little bit of this on Chip. I think when Chip went into this game, he said the only way the Vikings beat us is if Patterson does something ridiculous on special teams. Right. We're not losing to this team. Right. But that wasn't what the, how the game played out. Their offense was a lot better than I think even Chip expected it to be. And because of that, maybe there should have been an adjustment in their kickoff strategy. Like I think he was okay giving them the ball in the 35-40 because he didn't think the Vikings would move the ball. Once he saw the Vikings were moving the ball, I think that strategy needed to change. So... The final thing was him going for it on fourth down on like their own twenty, which I thought was first of all, to actually the two fourth down calls. The well, one, the one deep in the Vikings territory yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome, and although the Nick Foles penalty was definitely a penalty, and I was sort of mad at him, I can't really hate. He's not right. really he's a, trying to block. He didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and he's he didn't even really need to block the guy. All he need, I think, what he needs to know is that like, hey, guy, two things. First of all. In that situation, all you really need to do is, if if you're quarterback the blocker, we don't need you throwing your body. Like, right. can you just stand in front of him, sort of, and make it, like, Deshaun no, not even really that. Just fast. get out of the way. Yeah. Just get out of the way. So, that's, yeah. And I, I don't want him getting hurt on something like that, too. It just seems like, I, I get it, you know, you're a football right. player, blah, 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 but come on. You're not really a football player. The other team's not even allowed to hit you, you know? So, yeah. So, but I... I really like the one. I like both of them because I like every time Chip goes for it on fourth down. And I believe, and again, another thing from from Saltvite was that the reason that he believed that the Eagles weren't, weren't going for it more on fourth down is because he didn't quite trust in the offense enough yet to pull it off. So I thought him going for it on fourth down twice yesterday was less out of desperation and more out of belief in the offense. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I got no complaints. The one, the other complaint that we should bring up about Chip, which I think is legitimate, that they had to call a timeout. To go oh, for yes. two, yeah. down nineteen or whatever, down, going in down nineteen, like that's just that's really in it. That's and it's Andy Reid esque. You, you can't do that. Yeah, well, that's I guess that's learning process too. Yes, but there are two point conversions in college, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Maybe it's just math, basic math. But he seems so good at math. So all right, who Chip? Yeah, yeah. Well, he said at the beginning, you know that you know he's not really all that into math, which is a lie. So. <laughs> I don't know that we need to spend any time on it, but how bad are Patrick Chung, Bradley Fetcher, and Kerry Williams? Oh God, it's so it's so they're so amazingly bad. Patrick but, Chung got benched for Kurt Coleman. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing that happened in a football game yesterday in an NFL game. Patrick Chung got benched for Kurt Coleman, and Kerry Williams got benched for Rock Carmichael. Yeah, who are really? They're bad, man. They are. And really Fletcher bad. just tackled this everybody. It, it's before the ball. Con- it's it's it's. That that's what's scary, you know. You get in now. You got Chicago, and you're going to have Jeffrey, and you're going to have um, Marshall to deal with. And yep. then if it's the Dallas, you're going to have to deal with Dez and Witten and all these Austin. other guys. Yeah. Yeah, Austin, it's we'll see, we'll see. All right, you ready for everyone's favorite? I can't wait. That's right. It's the. 
podcast segment that they're talking about all across the country, from the east to the west, north to the south. It's warming up, Chris. Chris Johnson Jr. on the line. Back to reality, Chris. Back to, Back rea- to reality. Well, what? It's just one game. Yeah, I know. I've been, I mean, obviously we're, I don't know if it's obvious to anyone else, but I've been recording this. I'm recording this before I talk to Lee, but that's probably what I've been explaining to Lee for the last half hour, how the Eagles are still good even though they lost. But um, I think what yesterday proved— Still good. So let me—will Lee agree? Yeah. I guess guess we've already heard this, but— Yeah, so so are the Eagles still good? He agrees that they're good. No, but you do? You say the Eagles are good? Yeah. yeah. Every team has has a game like that. What? And just yesterday, the Saints had a game like that. You know, I think, yeah. you know, I think and what, Dallas had a game like that. Come on. <laughs> well, I think what yesterday proves is that the the trap game, the look ahead game was not an Andy Reid phenomenon, as many people would like to believe. It is more of an NFL phenomenon. Not a, it wasn't it wasn't Andy Reid in specific. He wasn't the guy that was causing those things, I guess. So that's what I focused on the whole game. And I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, the look ahead. Yeah, overlooks this team every time. I'm so mad. I'm yeah, so mad. It happens to everyone. So, are you ready for your three questions for Mr. Russikoff? I was born ready. <laughs> Actually, I was ready. I was rest- I was ready late evening yesterday. Okay, so not necessarily born ready, but no, no. All right, question I've been one. Ready for about ten hours. Okay, okay question <laughs> number one. Uh, rank the NFC East starting quarterback in terms of who you would like to be the Eagles' starting quarterback Sunday night against the Bears. Uh, and just to make sure that we're all covered, uh, Full, Vic, Barkley, Romo, Eli Manning, RG3, and Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. All right. And, okay, I won't even throw the wrench in it because it's more fun without the wrench. So, Lee, which qu- which quarterback would you like for the – and it's assuming for one game, for this one big game Sunday night, right? Yes. Okay. Yep, one game. All right, one game, Lee. What do you got? One game this Sunday night. Uh, and and assuming that everybody, you know, we we know the off, you know, there's yeah. no, not like looking at the offense. That was right? the wrench. The wrench yeah, is that, really. you know, Nick Foles clearly knows this offense. Well, let's assume that everybody has the same amount of experience in, in the offense. God, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I, I guess I would, I, you know, I would take the known. I would probably take Foles. Really? Yeah. And for, then who? And then and who? Then, and then my next one probably would be Cousins. To be honest. Really? I just don't. I don't. I. I, I don't know what RG three would do. I don't. I, I, again, RG three, Romo, Eli, all of them. The biggest issue with the three of them is they turn the ball over. And I just, I, to me, that's that's how you lose games in the NFL over and over again. Mm. So I'd want the, I want the protection of the ball. Hmm. I guess that's I w- how I feel. I mean, I, and yeah. me, not obviously. I love RG three from like the beginning of last year, but yeah. that that's not an option. I might not. Well, if if it's Sunday, I wouldn't play RG three given his right. headspace. I wouldn't. A Cousins would not be in the the decision for me either. I think I would go. I don't know. I I think. Uh, I I <laughs> I don't even want to answer. Do I have to answer? <laughs> You're gonna say Romo? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're a Romo guy. I, I mean, I don't, I, yeah. His coach is an idiot. His coach is an idiot. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, whatever. I, I, <laughs> Tony Romo, if Tony Romo was on a comp, uh, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Second question, Chris. <laughs> oh, he's a Romo fan. 
All right, question <laughs> number two with uh, with Russell Wilson being Rule 5 drafted by the Texas Rangers and the recent talk of Jameis Winston actually being a pretty good baseball player. Is there anyone on the Eagles that could make the Phillies 25-man roster in 2014? <laughs> I know what Lee's answer is for this. All right, Lee. Well, if there's anyone right, it's Riley Cooper. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> yeah. His question, his other question, the way he initially phrased it was, could Riley Cooper be- beat out John Mayberry Jr. for the final outfield spot for the Phillies uh, right he now? He might maybe right now. He Absolutely. Might, yeah. I, I, you know, I trust him more in the outfield. You see the way he adjusts to Nick Foles' fly balls? Yeah. It's like he, yeah. he, he catches butterflies. <laughs> All right. Question three. Question number three. Will Chip Kelly, is it inevitable that Chip Kelly will will leave the Eagles for a college football head coaching job. And if he left after this season for Texas or any other team, would he immediately become the biggest villain of all time in Philadelphia? Oh, great one. And just to clarify the first part of your question, you mean eventually for a college team, not necessarily this offseason? No, not this year. If it was two years or three years down the line. Okay. Fantastic yeah. question, both halves of it. Lee? Okay. No, I don't think it's inevitable. I think, you know, I don't get that from Chip. I feel like this is his new challenge. I feel like he feels like, and I think he's fully embraced it. I, I don't think it's necessarily he's going, necessary that he's going back. I just don't see that in Chip. I feel like. Ever, you mean? I mean, to not, college. I mean, I think he could go back, but I, right now, I th- yeah, ever. I think he could be an NFL coach for 15 years. Okay. Um, if he were to leave this season and go to Texas, would he become the biggest villain in Philadelphia? To be the biggest villain, it could happen. But to be the biggest villain, he'd have to, like, Nick Saban it, right? He'd have to promise, like, he's not going, he loves Philly, and, like, sneak away in the middle of the night. Pat Riley-esque. Yeah, exactly. Quit via fax. Right. But he could do it, but it would have to be, like, under the Nick Saban circumstance. It can just, like, be, like, forthright about it and say, you know what, I'm going to go to Texas. And he would be hated, but he wouldn't be the biggest villain. Okay. Let's wrap it up with Mr. Johnson. You know, Chris, I have to ask you, and I, I guess you already said that, you know, you, it's a trap game, look-ahead game, so on and so forth. There were three things that Eagles fans complained about generally yesterday. That would be Chip Kelly's coaching decisions, the defense, and Nick Foles missed some throws. If you had to lay it on one guy, who would you lay it on? You know, I thought the defense played really, really poorly. Really uh, poorly. Yeah, that's that's where I would put it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess secondly would be Chip Kelly. He played, he coached, he used to play Madden all the time. Um, <laughs> like, sure, go for it. Fourth and, fourth and one on the 25. Yeah, why not? Let's go. Need some points. Here we go. Um, yeah, and then, and then Foles. Like, Foles is what Foles is. Like, I, 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 I don't think he played much different than he has the past five or six weeks, other than the, the hail marys that he was throwing in the in the second and third quarter got intercepted, like they should have been other weeks. Yeah, um, but yeah, that defense was bad. Boy, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, well, I was, was going to say they don't. They didn't have a, a running back, but the running back played really well. Um, I can't. I, I can't figure out if they were not focused on the run, and that's why they got beat by the run, or. They weren't focused on the run, but also not focused on the pass, which is why they got beat by the 
passed so badly? I don't. I I do not know what happened yesterday. One guy for you know I asked for predictions on CBS three kickoff, and one guy predicted Minnesota forty to twenty two, and said Asiata would be the MVP. So every once in a while you get somebody. I guess I guess I don't know. It it might be, uh, and I'm this. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to think it through. Maybe it's hard to prepare for the Vikings if Peterson and Gerhardt aren't there because you don't know what they're going to do, and you you just have to prepare as if they are there. And then when they don't do that thing, it becomes difficult. And the only thing I'll say about Castle, and man, people, I I, I guess I'm not all, all all Twitter makes me want to do is I can't wait till it's not my job anymore. It makes me not want to talk to fans anymore. I, I wasn't making the point that. I said something about Castle. I said, I guess you, you have to remember that at one point in his career, for two full seasons, he was a good quarterback. He he threw 27 touchdowns with seven interceptions his first year with the Chiefs. And there was that year that he went 10-6 and six with the Patriots where he was capable. And and I said it. He's still an average quarterback, right? Yeah, well, and I said it, and people are like, well, you're sold on Castle. You're not sold on Foles. I'm like, I'm not sold on him. But what I'm saying is, is that he is he is not incapable. There are plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL where you look at them and you're like, oh well, that guy's incapable. You know, like that guy is not good enough. You know, when you were, when you were watching Scott Tolzien, he he sort of felt incapable. Or you know, there, there are guys that feel like they they aren't they don't deserve to be in the NFL. But Matt Castle, you can make excuses. You know, you can look at Kansas City and say, well, that situation was a disaster while he was there the second two years. That he's, oh, cer- yeah. he's certainly capable. And all that's all I'm saying. And, you know, I look at Matt Castle, and I'm not saying that this is possible, but if Chip Kelly was Matt Castle's coach, I th- if Chip Kelly was Matt Castle's coach, I think we'd probably think a lot different of Matt Castle. That's, I'm not saying he would be a pro bowler or as good as Nick Foles, but I am saying that he would, you know, he, if you give him stuff, he's going he's gonna to take it, you know? So. He was, a, was, was he a pro bowler that year with New England? He, I mean, he probably should have been if he wasn't. No, he's, uh, he actually... With, with had, Belichick as head coach and, and with some weapons around him, and he had good receivers yesterday. Yeah. Well, Greg Jennings looked like he had a well, and also you know I guess it's hard it's hard not to it's hard not to say it's hard not to point out how bad the Eagles secondary was. Oh I mean, gosh. I mean they were boy, holy cow! All of them. Patrick Chung doesn't look like he belongs in the NFL. Bradley Fletcher, who was able to hide out for a little while while guys were picking on Kerry Williams, was um, was terrible. Welcome back, Kurt Coleman. I know. Yeah. How Good about to that? See you on the spot again. I mean, boy, it's really something to get benched for Kurt Coleman, isn't it? I mean, yeah. holy yeah. moly. He did. Matt Castle made the Pro Bowl actually in with Kansas City in 2010. He was a oh Pro Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they, <laughs> they went 10-5. They went and five. He threw 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, had a QB rating of 93. Let's see, yards per attempt. Very short, though, 6.9 yards per attempt. But... Threw for 3,000 yards. Has thrown for 3,000 yards three times in his career. 3,700 yards with New England that year. I think the Chiefs threw for 3,000 yards yesterday to the running back, Jamal Charles. How about that, right? Jeez. Oh, my gosh. So, I guess that's oh, oh, obviously prediction time. So, the Eagles going against arguably the worst defense in the NFL with the Bears, but a a, a an offense with a, a coach that sort of resembles not not in scheme but in in performance Mark Tressman's Chicago Bears offense and that they had that whole little quarterback thing too which was sort of mirrored the Eagles situation a little bit so the you, quarterback thing yesterday was 
fantastic. Yeah. Well, and uh, if, I love every second of watching the, uh, the the scrolling highlights along the bottom of the screen. Well, and if you're in Chicago, what Cutler did is perfect for sports radio because he played poorly enough for those who don't like Jay Cutler to say he played poorly, but he played well enough for those who do like Jay Cutler to say he played well. So it was... No, no, no. Perfect would have been them losing. Right. Well, I guess so. Yeah. But, well, I guess. Either way. I think it works either way. So then what do you do? What do you do next week? If they lose. If, if right. they lost. Right, right. Obviously. Yeah. So, Bears, Eagles, now a Sunday night affair. What is your prediction? Um, I, uh, as always, predict the Eagles to win. I think that as bad as the secondary played yesterday, I think Cutler just puts enough balls in the air and not in, I mean, in the general vicinity of a receiver, uh, but not, not on his, on their hand. So I think the Eagles come out, come away with a couple interceptions and I think they win the game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I've not given my prediction yet, do you want to give me a score ish? Uh, I think a low scoring game, uh, low scoring game. I don't, I don't give scores anymore. Right, so. right, right. Uh, but a, a low scoring game, like maybe, Maybe high teens to low twenties to uh, to single digits to low teens. I was going to say twenty to fourteen ish is the way uh, yeah. I was thinking. That's, yeah, that's in in my in my area there. Okay, all right, Chris. Well, you get your train and uh, and you did a fine job as oh, all. There it is. There it yeah, is. <laughs> With that, see you later, man. See ya. All right, Lee, we've come to that time of the of the podcast, of the show, where we talk about this coming week's game. Here's one question I will pose. I, I think I know your answer to it, but let's say that the Eagles head into the 8 o'clock game and the Dallas Cowboys have already won their game, ostensibly making the Eagles game against the Bears completely meaningless because they'll have to beat the Cowboys anyway. Now, if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, that means the Eagles win the NFC East and week, week 17 is the meaningless game. But if the Cowboys win, then the Bears game is meaningless. Do you think, would you, A, would you, and B, do you think Chip will rest any key players if that Bears game ends up being meaningless? I hope he'd wrestle, Sean. I, I do. I, I just don't see a need to, to play McCoy in that game, in a meaningless game. But I don't, I don't know that he will. Um, but if it were me, I would rest like you, you know your most dynamic and most vulnerable players. So you'd rest like LaShawn, uh, Deshaun, and like Patrick Chung. Just you know, you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I yeah, I I don't think he will. I think you I think you get less playing time out of them. You'll see a lot more of like a poke. But I I could never see Chip actually benching anybody in a game like that. I think that's the opposite of his mentality. I don't think he'll do it. And I think particularly with this team, I just don't think they're good enough to do that. You right. know, like I don't think they're playing well enough to where and and that in tune to where they could sort of take a week off and then just jump back into it the next week. So I don't even think if the Cowboys game was meaningless, maybe he'd rest LaShawn, but I think Foles plays and you yeah. know, I, I just I think they need the reps more than anything else. So I think long term that's still the best thing. Not to you know, if somebody gets hurt, they get hurt. Whatever they get hurt the next week too, you know, and yeah. they're still hurt. So all right, your Chris predicts an Eagles low scoring win. He says 
you know, he doesn't give scores anymore, but he says 20 to 14 is. He won't give scores anymore? No, he says high scoring game or low scoring game, and he says close <laughs> or not close. But he thinks the Eagles Bears game will not be that high scoring, but thinks the Eagles win comfortably. So I said, does that, that sounds like 20 to 14 to me. And he says, yes, in that, in that range. So, Lee, what is your prediction? So, uh, are we, we're assuming that it means something? Yes. I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man, I think this is I think this is a loss. Oh a loss. wow! But okay, but you this, said the Eagles would only lose one of their remaining games. Well, I, <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean, I yeah, I said they I said <sighs> that they probably, but I, I think you know things change. I'm not going right. to stick with that. I know, I know. I, know. Um, I I think this is a loss, and I think that I think that just means that you know next week is going to be the the week after is going to be the game that that really matters. So I I just I the way I look at the NFL and the NFC. I think the NFC North is going to be the same way. A mess going down to it. I, I, yeah, I think this is I, I, the Bears aren't good, but either are the Eagles. So I'll take the Bears in this one. Um, this game becomes the Detroit game without the snow to me, and and my analysis goes back to turnovers. And I just Jay Cutler. I am not a Jay Cutler guy at all. Was always a Rivers over a Cutler guy. I think Cutler's way overrated. I think he puts the ball up way. He's like Brett Favre without the yeah. good part. I, I just think he stinks. And I, I, I do think a lot of sco- points will be scored, and I do think that Cutler will end up throwing for a couple of touchdowns, but he'll throw interceptions. He just will, and Foles won't, and I, I just won't throw more than one. I just I think the Eagles get extra possessions and win the game, and that's it. But I still think it sets up for that showdown. Is this Okay, final question. D- does this season... And this regular season end is it is it destined to end with a triumphant win in Dallas or with a Tony Romo virtuoso performance to beat the Eagles? Oh wow! Could you imagine yeah. the Tony Romo redemption against, against the Eagles? Eagles? Man, and it could. Ah, oh, I really don't want to see that happen. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. It could too because the, could the secondary happen. is so bad. Yes. Oh, God, that better. And then Garrett, well, it actually might work out better for the Eagles that way because then Garrett maybe keeps his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're worse next year. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, the, the uh, story, the redemption no, I, story? I do. I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles, I still think, I'll stick with the Eagles making the playoffs. I think okay. the Eagles beat Dallas. I think the Eagles beat the Bears. I, I, I assume that the Cowboys will beat the Redskins, I, although I guess it's not a great assumption. But I say the Eagles beat the Bears, something like 37-31. One of those. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, Dallas. I mean, they scored a lot of points on Cleveland after throwing up a bunch of intercept. You know, yeah. that, that's not a bad offense. It's a great and offense, the, and the defense is not very good. So, I, to, to me, it's it's high scoring. I'm with you. It is it, as far as before yesterday, and I can't imagine the 31 points Cleveland put up. Even though not all of that was offense, I guess a right. lot of it wasn't offense. But they had by far the worst defense in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, and by far the worst rush defense in the NFL. Yeah, Shady better touch the ball a bunch. Yes. Or not, if that's not what Chip sees. All right. All right, right, Lee. See you. you.